You're tuned to member-supported Indy 1023 from Colorado Public Radio. I'm Jeremy Peterson. St. Cloud is the fifth record from Waxahachie, the nom de tune of Katie Crutchfield. It's a collection that presents a different side of her sound, ditching the comparatively louder sounds of past records for a more rootsy approach. It's also being hailed by many as one of the year's best. And while I wish I could say she was in studio, we've got the next best thing. Katie Crutchfield, a.k.a. Waxahachie, joins us from home. Hey. Hey. <laughs> Thanks for being here. Where where are you exactly? Uh, I'm in Kansas City. Kansas City. Uh, and and how are you? I I, I guess I should ask. What's what's your state of mind? Almost uh, two months into your new record being in the world, and kind of simultaneously the shutdown of that world. Um. Yeah. You know. I'm okay. I'm good. I I feel kind of um the same that everybody else. Like basically what I or what I've come to find out when I ask people. I feel like. You know, from like a larger, more macro sort of zoomed out pers- like place, I, I'm kind of like existential and scared and sad and all those things. And then, you know, as far as my day to day goes, I feel pretty good. You know, I it's yeah. it's kind of like a, a lifestyle that that suits me um, and is basically how I live my life when I'm not traveling all the time uh, anyway. So it, it you know, it's OK. What's been keeping you occupied these past few weeks? Uh, anything that you that you're particularly uh, enjoying? Um, well, I've been cooking a lot, and you know, just we have a garden, and you know, I finally can have like a lot of house plants, which is really exciting <laughs> yeah. for me because usually I can't have them because I am never home. Um, yeah. So yeah. I filled the house with plants, and that's really nice. And um, I've been working on music, um, you know, just kind of tinkering on a few musical projects and so that's been nice wasn't really what I was expecting to be doing right now but I'm, I'm taking that time to kind of um, work on music so yeah that's kind of what's been keeping me busy well I know you were uh, excited to tour this spring behind this new record and uh, you know like all of us who who love live music watching it playing it or both uh, even kind of making the best of the situation that we've been given in that regard you and Kevin Morby, you've been pretty visible playing live online shows, uh, and I know you did an NPR Tiny Desk from home last show, or last month, rather. Uh, is, is that anything at all like playing shows? I mean, the audience isn't there in front of you, but does it does it kind of uh, scratch that same itch? Um, you know, it, it does, I guess. I mean, it's it's definitely not the same, um, but it... It allows us to connect. I mean, it's it's a cool sort of intimate way to communicate with our fans that's unlike, you know, the norm, which, you know, when you're playing a show, you're on stage and there are lights and there's there's a whole sort of barrier between you and the audience. And um, and and with the lives, it's so casual and it's and it's so um, connected. You know, you're you're really talking to people that that are your fans in real time. And so that's it's a different thing. But I mean, it's it's definitely kept us busy it's kept us excited it's kept us connected um you know we're taking a break from it now but i do think we'll we'll come back to it eventually and um it's yeah it it was a a really great way to kind of anchor the, our weeks I, I think that whole uh you know the whole zoom and, and live online subculture has been interesting because it seems like over time it's it's gotten a lot more casual not just on artist parts but i, I mean i've seen interviewers just you know they're just wearing hoodies at this point uh did, <laughs> did you find that playing those shows that it got a lot less formal as it went on? Um, yeah, I mean, I think that we we got more into it. You know, we got more relaxed doing it. And the first one was definitely um, a little bit more 
um, <laughs> it felt like a real show. You know, we were yeah, we yeah. <laughs> we kind of dressed uh, dressed up and we were like pacing around the house before and. You know, as the weeks progressed, yeah, we kind of we kind of developed a rhythm with each other, and uh, you know, a good sort of uh, pacing for how we like had the show go. And you know, by the end, there were like a million inside jokes and a whole. It was like its own thing. So you know, I I would love to kind of start that back up down the road. This is maybe uh, way too much of a rabbit hole to get into in the space we have here, but I I've seen more than one musician lately talking about the you know the idea of a persona, whether that's about themselves as artists and what they're putting out there or about a specific record for example and I'm just wondering in the w- in ways that may have changed because I don't know what you're presenting is not necessarily what like you said what you'll be presenting on stage it's it's a more intimate kind of thing it's a different kind of thing yeah um, does it does it change uh, what you're able to do as far as if you want to hide some of yourself if you want to keep some mystery behind it yeah that's something I think about a lot it's a really interesting um thing that we're all kind of exploring right now and navigating um, because I I do kind of consider myself to be a more private kind of person mm-hmm. I don't really like to share it that much of myself um, and I have a hard time even in interviews sometimes because I don't I, I, I feel like I share so much in the songs um, and so then having to like go it's like you tell this story in the medium that you're good at which is songwriting for me so I tell this story mm-hmm. and then I feel like I have to go and then tell the story again and then and then now this is like a whole other layer of like okay and now it's just like me being myself and talking about songs and talking about whatever and having to kind of tell a whole other story in an even more sort of like even a less nuanced way and even more sort of just direct me talking kind of way so it's interesting it's definitely something I think about I don't really like to think of myself as someone who with a persona like it sounds that to me sounds so like like such a facade I don't really right I like to think I'm just being myself but I'm also really careful about how much of myself I show you and so yeah by kind of just setting up a camera in our house and like joking around with each other and having our friends come in and joking around with them it does feel I do ask myself that question a lot of like, is this overexposure? Is this too much? Um, is this killing the like mystery that I've built <laughs> around <laughs> right. the song? I, yeah, it's, I haven't really landed anywhere, but it definitely is something I thought about. Well, downtime, all this downtime we've got, we've got all this time to, to do whatever, to read, to binge shows. Uh, and, and, and with the subject of bingeable shows, one of the most bingeable things I've discovered in recent months, it's been out a while now, but the Ken Burns country music documentary, did, did you see that yet? Yeah, I did. I didn't finish yeah. it, which is so funny because I was so excited about the 70s. That was like really oh, yeah. when I was like, and that's, I, I kind of like dropped off right before that part. I felt like I was really just like invested and like excited about that. And then that is when I kind of, I don't, it was when it, I watched it right when it came out and I think it was Mm -hmm. just right when I got really busy and I kind of stopped, right? So I haven't seen it all, but I've seen a lot of it. Well, I wanted to bring that up because when I watched it, it reminded me of, you know, the experience that I had with a lot of that music, which was that it was the music of my early, early years. And then it was the process of rejecting that music because, you know, it was was my parents and then coming back around to it in my 20s. Not necessarily uncommon. My sense is that you've had a similar journey with with country music and, and Americana kinds of sounds. Is that is that the case? Yeah, that's my exact it, yeah. trajectory. Yeah. I mean, I yeah, <laughs> I grew up with that music. That was 
you know, the first spark of me being a musical person was loving country music. Um, and of course, like I grew up in the 90s, so that was like my, that, that country music was very important to me. And then also the classics, you know. Um, sure, and sure. so I grew up with that. And that was like really the first sort of indicator that, that I was going to be a musical person. And then when I, you know, was in high school, I just was so into you know, indie rock of the time and, and punk and sort of like more underground music and really rejected country music, really sort of thought of it as my parents' music, thought of it as, you know, I was politically so um, coming into my own and I thought of it as like conservative music. I thought of it mm -hmm. as like a lot, there was a lot of, you know, identity stuff I was wrestling with. And then now as an, as a full-blown adult, I have come, I mean, I've always kind of loved it. I've, I, even when I was like, you know, so too punk for school i kind of still like <laughs> deeply like did love it but um you know being comfortable enough with that love to then kind of emulate it in my own music is something that's that's a new new part of my life yeah yeah well that brings me to the latest obviously saint cloud the new record and it's not a complete reinvention but you know it certainly accentuates that america americana part of your sound that i think was maybe deep down in there somewhere the whole time uh you might correct me if I'm wrong on that, but but particularly compared to your last record, Out in the Storm, this is a, a different sound. Yeah, I mean, I would hope so. I, I like to reinvent. I mean, I, I reinvent my in, my, in a, in a way, or at least to myself, I like kind of start over with every record. Um, but I would hope that there were like inklings of that, even in just like the songwriting influence and things like that. Um, mm -hmm. I would hope that there were inklings of of country music, but I think I I knew going into making this record that this was going to be a statement that people were going to react to how different it is from Out in the Storm in that way. That it was just obviously more influenced by Americana and that kind of stuff. Well, and what the thing I hear immediately there is that you sound so uh, at ease singing in that style. I mean, it it just sounds like something that is is your the pocket for you. Yeah, I mean, that's a discovery that I made um, while kind of getting ready to work on this record. I actually, it's funny, I in, in hindsight and kind of something I've, I've stumbled upon recently, like a big moment for me was when we record, Kevin and I recorded those um, Jason Molina songs. Oh, and yeah. that yeah. was kind of right on the heels of Out in the Storm and it was, it was the first thing I recorded post that. And I was kind of having a little bit of an identity crisis after Out in the Storm touring that way, playing in like mm -hmm. this big, loud guitar indie rock band. Like I, I, I always kind of felt not 100% in that um, when I was doing it and a little, and, and although I felt like it was really, you know, correct for where I was at when I wrote that record, then having to kind of take that on the road for a year was, um, you know, I, I was struggling in that time. And when we decided to do those covers, I just remember recording vocals, you know, just sitting in the room with the band and like jamming on that kind of music and then then doing the vocals and really trying to you know not imitate Jason Molina but you know do sing his songs like in a way that felt like him um yeah and yeah. felt like just like it paid tribute to the way that he sings and the way he intended those songs to sound and um in doing that I really feel like I, I hit something like I watched everyone react to the way I was singing and it, I felt like oh I think I'm like touching on something that really works and sort of simultaneously, I was, I mean, you know, forever, but I was just so, 
you know, invested in my Lucinda Williams fandom. And <laughs> I just feel like through all of that, I kind of like hit on something. And that was really what set me into like, okay, I'm, I think I'm going to focus more on this part of the palette. Um, you know, yeah. that's the palette I'm going to paint from. Well, a couple of catalogs to uh, unlock some great things, no doubt. Lucinda Williams and Jason Molina, I mean. Definitely. <laughs> Can't go wrong. Well, this one we've been hearing a lot on the air the past few weeks since the record came out. Uh, the lead single, Lilacs. Do you want to set this song up for us? Yeah, sure. Um, it was the last song I wrote for the record. It, um, it's one of my favorite songs on the record. And uh, that's, yeah, that it's, it's, it's a song I wrote. <laughs> <laughs> Katie Crutchfield of Waxahachie, this is Lilacs. I wake up feeling nothing, camouflage the waving sky. I sit at my piano, wander the wild ribeye. In the lilacs drink the water, in the lilacs die. In the lilacs drink the water. Marking the slow, slow, slow passing of time I get so angry, baby, at something you might say I dream about an awful stranger Waxahachie on Indie 1023, that is Lilacs, the lead single from the new record, St. Cloud, out at the end of March. Katie Crutchfield's with me on the line, joining us from Kansas City. You're in Kansas City now, but you'd return to your hometown of uh, Birmingham, Alabama. I got to think that's connected to how this record sounds. Yeah, well, I live in Kansas City now. Um, right. But I, I did return home to Birmingham to work on a lot of this record. I mean, I kind of I kind of wrote it all over the place, all over mm -hmm. the heartland is what I like to say. Um, I wrote a lot of it in Michigan. Um, my band's from Michigan and, and a lot of my close friends. So I was kind of spending some time up there. Um, I spent a lot of time here in KC. Um, and then, yeah, a lot of time in Birmingham. And it really those three places uh, are kind of where the re record was written. So we're, we're getting this collection as this, you know, this very uh, cohesive piece of art. Uh, the songs very much flow together. They're, they're cut from the same cloth, I feel like. Uh, the cover art, I mean, actually, will you just tell us about the cover art? Because, I mean, that is that is like an epic statement of you know, wearing Southern music on your sleeve, I feel like there's a, there's a, there's a truck with a bed of roses. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> that was, that was the idea. You know, I didn't want to be, I wanted it to feel authentic. I wanted it to feel like me, but I also mm -hmm. really wanted to just tell you what you were getting right from the beginning. Um, it felt, that felt important to me. And I mean, it's, it's so different from, my last record cover that's sort of like my face distorted and it's black and white and it's kind of dark and I was like I really kind of want it to be warm and and Texan and just kind of like yeah. you know just you see it and it just looks like the way the music sounds absolutely uh, and I love it and at, at what point I mean I'm assuming that you uh, there was some point that you uh, decided well this is the direction that's calling to me and this is the direction I'm gonna write toward it, it, is that how it works for you? Or was it somewhat something else completely? Sort of. I mean, I think that, you know, I was kind of writing to the country thing, but I also was kind of just like writing how I always write, just really minimal piano, guitar, my voice. Um, you know, I was sending demos to Brad Cook, the producer, really mm -hmm. early on. And um, 
we were talking about stuff, but the moment that it, I think it really kind of, I, I was writing really slowly, and the moment it really started to speed up was um, when I toured with Bonnie Dune, who ended up being my band on the record, and eventually right. when we tour, they are my band. Um, so I did a tour with them um, about a, a year and a half ago, um, and they played as my backing band on the tour just because I was otherwise going to perform solo. I was kind of like a free agent, didn't really have an active band at the time. And so they stepped in and um, just the, from the moment that we started rehearsing, um, you know, I, I just, I recognized like, oh, this is the sound. This is kind of, yeah. kind of like country Americana, but still we, we all kind of come from the same types of sort of DIY punk scene. So like, we just have so much in common uh, and are coming from such a similar place that it just didn't feel jarring. I, I was always afraid if I if I brought in sort of a hired um, gun, like really serious country player band, um, which who knows, literally I might do that on my next <laughs> record, who knows, but um, I was kind of afraid with this initial sort of step toward that, if I, if I took too big of a step that it would feel um, just like inauthentic and not like me. And so I really yeah. feel like by, by having Bonnie Dune be the band, it just worked. It was like exactly the right step. Um, so once they, once they kind of got in the mix, I started to write, re really write to the sound, and, and I wrote very fast. Talking about Bonnie Dune, uh, the band from Detroit, right? Is that, yep. is that where they're from? Yeah. Yep. A lot of our listeners might be familiar with them. But I don't know if this is related or not. This is also your first record. Uh, between this record and the previous, which was out in 2017, uh, you've gotten sober. Uh, does that have anything to do with the way this record sounds and the direction it's gone? Yeah, I mean, of course, it definitely does. Yeah, <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah it's kind of about getting sober. Um, so yeah, it 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 kind of changed the whole process um, in a positive way. And it's funny, I've like gone back and listened to a lot of my old records in the last month or two, and um, it's interesting how much drinking and and all of that stuff kind of affected my music in a way that i didn't even see and now as a sober person having just made this record about that I'm like wow okay this is this you know whether or not i even was going for it it's a turning point it's it's a new era of the project talking to katie crutchfield waxahachie the new record is saint cloud and uh, joining me from kansas city today uh i was Talking with somebody recently, and I've been thinking about this, and that is, and you know, nobody who uh, has a record out at this time could have known anything about what's going on right now in the world. But in some cases, album titles, song titles have taken on new meanings, taken on new lives, given what's happening in the world right now. Uh, in other cases, it's just the fact that the record is out, and it's a piece of art, and it might be the piece of art that's, you know, getting somebody through these times right now. What do you think about as far as St. Cloud as a piece of, uh, I don't know what to call it, pandemic art? Um, it's, it's kind <laughs> of always going to be painted, you know, maybe with, with that sort of side note. Yeah, I mean, you know, on one hand, I have no control over that. If people right, associate right. it with this time forever, then it is what it is. Um, I feel like, you know, I've tried to really, like, look at the bright side and just think that maybe... It was this was just always how it was supposed to go this was mm -hmm. it was always supposed to come out at this time i mean it certainly is my most hopeful album and um kind of like more uplifting than my records tend to be so so i feel like maybe people are reacting to that um it's hitting people differently it's hitting harder um and 
Yeah, I mean, it's hard to say because when I was making, it's just it's it's just such a crazy feeling when I was making the record and I was, you know, I was spending so much time with it because once you put a record out, it's it belongs to the world. It doesn't. I, I it was really mine and I was so in love with it. And then on March 27th, when it came out, it's, <laughs> I released it. And I feel like I yeah. haven't really gone back and listened to it. I've really kind of like let it belong to the rest of the world now. So now it's sort of like it's really kind of up to that and them and, and everybody to kind of let it mean what it means to them. Um, uh, but, yeah, it's it's definitely it's definitely wild. <laughs> <laughs> and I should say, I, I mean that entirely in terms of, uh, you know, buoying somebody up. I think the only example that I have to go on is, you know, records that came out around 9-11, for example. I always think about Yankee Hotel Foxtrot, for of one. Of course, yeah, um, of course. Yeah, and, and just the way that music moves us through these times, and uh, that in some way has to feel, uh, I don't know, good? Definitely. It feels great. <laughs> I mean, I, I've, I've said it a bunch, but I'm very happy to be of service. Like, if it, you know, if, it, if, yeah. if people need new music right now and they're feeling, con they're connecting with, with you know, with the record because they they need that right now, then I'm I'm just happy to be there to, to offer that. And finally, I'm sure you're glad for it, but has it surprised you at all the uh, the response, the acclaim that this record has gotten? I mean, you 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 probably you probably never know while you're making the record, even as good as it might feel at the time. Oh yeah, you you truly never know, and and you know it it kind of. <laughs> And a lot of a lot of times it just really feels like it could go either way in the extreme that you bounce all over the place with that. Um, you know, I try really hard and I, I put so much like self work into um, and I with every record, I really try and get to like a very neutral, like spiritually grounded place of like, it doesn't matter as long as I love it, it doesn't <laughs> matter. And I did that. I really did. I put a lot of work into that and I really got there with this record. Um, yeah. So, so in the same, I mean, I don't really look at Instagram. I don't, I'm not, I'm not on social media. I, I really kind of like don't participate in the, I, I try not to internalize the praise or the, the, any negative stuff. Um, but from what I have seen and what I've heard, um, it's cool. It's very validating because I think, uh, I did take a risk. I did, I did take a turn, creative turn. And, um, mm -hmm. that a lot of times ends up being the thing that people, you know, hate or feel betrayed by with an artist i don't necessarily agree with that but you know that that sometimes it, it is it's just a risk and to have have felt really compelled to do that and then to have my fans really support it and to have gained a lot of new fans because of it um feels feels very cool well katie crutchfield is waxahachie st cloud is the brand new record and someday come see us and we'll do this in person in studio sometime I would love to. Some glorious future that uh, lies behind. <laughs> yes, exactly. I thought we'd go out with one more from the new record. Uh, Fire is the tune. And what can you say about this song for us? Um, well, I don't know. It's, it, it's, uh, it's a special one. It's, it's a pop song. And it, uh, it's, it's one of my favorite songs I've ever written. And I, I you know, feel very happy that it found me. <laughs> Katie Crutchfield, thanks so much. Thank you. It's Waxahachie's Fire on Indie 1023. That's what I wanted. It's not as if we cry a river, call it rain. West Memphis is on fire. 